One of the things that I love about this church is that it is a, it's a church of prayer. I remember that Jesus said that I, my, my house shall be a house of prayer. You guys can interact. Come on, we've waited 12 years for some interaction. House of prayer. prayer. Didn't say a house of cafes, house of buildings, even house of music, house of glowing stuff. And they were all okay. They were all okay. But he said, right, be a house of prayer. Yeah. So I want to thank you for being that type of church. You need to be encouraged. Just don't let it slip. Don't let it slip. It would be um, remiss of me not to uh, thank a few people that I actually forgot when I sat down. <laughs> and uh, one of those is the man that got up here and spoke, Lee. You are an absolute legend, and that can get thrown out easily, but uh, I think every fortnight pretty much, unless you're on another side of the world, which is seven to eight months of the year, but um, <laughs> no. But every fortnight we caught up, we debriefed, uh, he encouraged, challenged me, this is where we need to go, this is what we need to do, how are we going here, you're doing a good job, let me pray for you. You know, I always say that Kilsyth in my role have been really fortunate with the leadership and, and that's really been, uh, been a key thing has been Lee. So Lee and Marilyn, thank you both of you and not just as leaders, as friends to us. I should also uh, acknowledge, and it's very hard to acknowledge everyone, but the worship leaders through the time have overseen it. David and um, Craig and Sue, Robin, Rob, Susie. Is everything all right with you guys? Yep, cool, okay, yep, sure. Okay, Rob, she's okay, she's still good with you. Um, for all your leadership too, and uh, certainly through this building, you, you get to uh, do a building project, and I wouldn't recommend that for anyone uh, in ministry, because you don't learn that at Whitley. Uh, anyway, we won't go on about Whitley, but, uh, but certainly, where's Tristan? It's become a great mate, uh, but just your servant heart and your friendship and all that through there, mate. And David as well. Uh, we, we got to know each other extremely well, maybe better than our wives knew us for a while. Uh, but just, oh, I just, just greatly appreciate both of you leading this church through a significant time in their life. So that's it for that. Uh, last thing I get to do is preach, and it's quarter past 12. Geelong start at 3.30, so we got four hours. So here we go. No. <laughs> No, I'm not going to go down there. You know, 12 and a half years um, ago when I got um, grilled, uh, interviewed, I, um, <laughs> uh, for this senior pastor role, an opportunity came for me to walk through the open door. The open door. Here it is. And uh, it was about a year ago that I was at a, uh, at a conference and someone again spoke about the open door. And uh, I'm happy to tell you who that speaker was if you want to blame them. But that was really the time that I really felt was the right time for me to walk through another door. So this morning, I, I, this isn't going to be a talk of 12 years. You've heard enough about my 12 years through what Lee has said. But I hope with what I share with you, what has been my experience certainly over the last year and throwing in a few things from the last 12 years, but more 
that I can talk to you about something that really challenged me uh, some 12, nearly 18 months ago now, that will challenge you and make you think about where your life is and, and the open doors that God wants to put before you or may have already put before you or they're looking at you right in the face now. And you can take this or leave it. But it's a challenge that I want to leave with you this morning. If you were to summarise your life up in six words, what would those six words be? If you were to summarise your life in six, you only had six words, what would they be? Don't call them out, but have a think. There's a book that uh, came out of something that Ernest, Ernest, Ernest Hemingway wrote when it came to his six words For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Incredible response to that. And then out of it came a book, all written by different peoples, iconic ones, well-known people, and others not so well-known, but these were inspiring and heartbreaking. These six words that people used in describing their life up to their point. One tooth. Thought I'd use it for the Garrets. Angel Dental, Kill Scythe and Roval, open five days a week, six days a week. <laughs> there you go. I'm on the payroll. No. <laughs> one tooth. One cavity. Life's cruel. Cursed with cancer. Blessed with friends. That was a nine-year-old who wrote that. Tombstone won't say, had health insurance. Not a good Christian, but trying. Thought I would have more impact. The name of the book was not quite what I was planning. Maybe that's the six words you would use. Some of the biblical people. Noah. Hated the rain. Loved the rainbow. Esau. At least the stew was good. That was pretty funny, wasn't it, Renton? Good. Yeah, I like that too. You're going to like this one better. Esther, eye candy. Mordecai, handy. Israel, dandy. Rich young ruler. Jesus called. Left sad. Still rich. Mary. Manger. Pain, joy, cross, pain, joy. Good Samaritan, I came, I saw, I stopped. I'm guessing with none of those biblical characters, they would have predicted where their lives would take them. Their lives were interrupted we don't always like interruptions. But they were offered an opportunity, yet at times they were threatened with that opportunity when they took it up. Yet that is how life works. I believe that God wants to interrupt us in some of the most incredible ways, unmissable ways, but we miss them. He doesn't want to leave us on an island when he interrupts us 
and give us those experiences. I want to highlight that too. I want to read to you two texts. The first one comes from the Bible. It's the book of Revelation, chapter 3. And there's this image, this image here, the open door. And it says this, To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, this words of authority, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I love, the, I love this image of the open door. I just do. I love it. Maybe because it's been dwelling in my mind for now 18 months. I can't get it out of my head still. The open door. It's a beautiful picture. It's a great symbol. It's a great invitation. The opportunities that are before the open door. Going through the open door with God means, means that we're going to be about his business. Why wouldn't we want to open? Why wouldn't we want to go through those doors? Well, there's some reasons we don't. You know, as I walk out of these doors for the last time and you as a church go through new doors as I go out, God wants to open some of the most incredible doors for this church. But here's the catch. You've got to be willing to walk through them. Always remember with the open door, there's no age limit. In my Bible, when I, since I've read it anyway, anyway, it doesn't say when you are over 18 or when you are under 85 or you've got to do it before you're 85. There's no age limit to this. Re Revelation 3 sets this beautiful picture. I set before you an open door that no one can shut it. It's opened by God. It's not there by accident. The second text that I want to read to you comes from a book of a writer that you may well know well. And I want to read this to you. Congratulations. Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. All the places you go. You'll be on the way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who fly to high heights, except when you don't. Because sometimes you won't. Sometimes, all alone, whether you like it or not, alone is something you'll be quite a lot. But when things start to happen, don't worry, don't stew. Just go right along. You'll be happening too. Kid, you'll move mountains. So be your name, Buxman or Bixby or Bray or Mordecai, Alan Vine, Alan O'Shea, you're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. Who wrote that? Oh, thankfully you knew. That's terrific. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? You read Dr. Seuss in a weird way, don't you? Anyway, but anyway, I feel like I'm Dr. Seuss when I'm reading it. But what great images out of Revelation and out of, 
out of Dr. Seuss, all the places you will go. I've set before you an open door. This is your day. All the places you will go. So what about the open door? Be wrong for me not to leave here with three points. God is the God of the open door. God is the God of the open door. He opened doors. Open doors will come your way. As I listened to this talk some time ago, he highlighted Abram, who became Abraham. And I just love how, as you look into that story, you you see the open door that was set before him. He had no clue. He was off to places that he didn't know he was going to go, that God would take him and lead him. The first command that God gave to Abram was just go. And, and I'll show you where to go. I'm starting to talk like Dr. Seuss. But anyway, and I'll show you where to go. In that book, Abraham, his was six words were, left Ur, left Ur had baby, still laughing. <laughs> but, but God said to Abraham, just trust me. Just trust me. You know, in 1995, there was this uh, experience that, that Son and I had where we just felt that God was calling us to go away from our comfortable situation and to move away from where we were. And, and Neil knows this, but Neil and I used to play tennis every Thursday, I think, for a while. And I just don't want to go into it, but I haven't recovered from this. He nearly beat, oh, he actually beat me every time. But So we're playing today, brother, because I want to destroy you. But anyway, no. <laughs> But, but I remember just talking to Neil and just in, just go, Tim, just go. Just go. So off we went. I think my mother-in-law is still not over it, but anyway, that's another issue. But we went away from everything. In 1997, we, we were offered a job to stay in, uh, stay in the States where we were staying, but we just felt this call to go back. Everything looked secure in America, but we just felt this call back to Melbourne, to Adelaide, sorry. We got offered a job in Melbourne. We didn't get the job, but we still felt this call to go back. Just go. 2006, we're at Sindel. Great church. Everything you could ever want in a role. But this opportunity, this door came before us. We didn't know what was behind the door, but we just sensed God saying, just go. I'm not not bringing up this to say, just be irresponsible. Sometimes we we just sit around. We don't do anything. God's saying there's an open door before you. Come on. Don't know if he says it like that, but it's come on. Because here's the thing with an open door, it doesn't offer a complete view of the future. Behind the open door, there's mystery, there's, there's no guarantee. But, but God doesn't say, I put before you a hammock. He says, I've set, I've set before you an open door. It doesn't have all the, the details. It doesn't have the instruction book. Sometimes the door is like Ikea instructions. You've got to work it out. Okay? 
You've got to go find your own Allen keys. You've got to actually go about it in such a way that you've got to work hard to go, this is the door that's got, I'm still going to go through it. It's not full of certainty, but I've set before you an open door. It's not always going to be pleasant. It's not always going to be smooth, but it's before you. You're going to walk through it. Some of you, even as you sit here this morning, deep down, I think some of you know what that door is. I really do. But you are just too comfortable. I want to encourage you to trust God. God God has, his heart is for humanity. So when he's putting a door before you, he's not going to just go, all right, walk through it. That's it for my bit. No. His heart is for humanity. He sets the door before you. Do you think as you look through the Bible, there are many uh, scriptures where, where God said to people, oh, just stay. Yeah, stay. No. Almost never does God tell someone to stay, to remain comfortable, to stay in the familiar surrounding. He says, here's an open door. Walk through it for my kingdom's sake. And nothing has changed with God from back 2,000 years ago to 2018. Nothing's changed. But I think sometimes we've actually become a little, or some of us, a lot more relaxed. Actually not even looking for the open doors that God puts before us, but just our own open doors. This might sound harsh, but some of us think, well, the open door for me is to get another car, another new car, another of this, another of that, another of that. They're all your doors. They're your doors. Maybe some of those doors you've got to slam. Say, what are the doors God's putting before me? Anyway, I may as well fire up because it's my last sermon, so here we go. (laughs) God is the God of the open door. This is a really key thing for me, and I think for all of us here. God, God opens doors so we can bless others. God will open doors so that you can bless others for him. That's the challenge when we have our own doors. Most of those doors are just for me. Open doors are not just about you. They're about blessing others. And God is into blessing. And sometimes we can throw this word blessing around. You sneeze. I bless you. Say to that next time someone says, what do you mean by that? They'll have no idea. I don't know. I just, you say it. But anyway... But we throw this idea of blessing around. But blessing is such this rich and this deep uh, sense of fulfilling God's blessing into the lives of other people. It's not a light word. It's not a light commitment. If you sign your Christmas cards with it, if you sign off on emails or if you sign off phone calls or you tell people, because I can fall into this trap, I'll say, it's good to see you, Mark. Bless you, mate. Well, don't, don't just say it to him. What, what does that mean? What are you going to... It's actually about action. You know, for our family, many of you have shown this blessing to us. Those of you who are C for K leaders with our kids. Those of you who led sumo with our kids. You have been a blessing to them. Those of you who have supported Son and worked with Son in, in playgroups. You have been a blessing that's been action to us. Those of you who have been in leadership... 
You have been a blessing to us. Those of you that, that write cards to me every couple of weeks, those of you that pray for me each week, you have been a blessing. You've walked through this door that God has put you, that we would be blessed, the Dyer family would be blessed, and that's happened. Thank you. The open door is never just about me and my life. God doesn't bless me just for me. God says to Abraham in Genesis 12, I will bless you. But that blessing is not for you just to keep to yourself. That's for you to give it out. He says to Abraham, I will bless you and all the nations on earth will be blessed through you. That is crazy. Isn't that, if you think about that? But that's the case. Here's the point though. We are blessed by God so that we can be a blessing to others. Some of you, your door is to bless others and you have not walked through that in a long, long time. Walk through that door where you can be a blessing into someone else's life. And as you read this story of Abraham and this, this idea of blessing, you know, it's not just a one quick liner. You can see this in Genesis 18, 22, 26, 28. That this is no casual comment by God to Abraham to be a blessing to others. That, that's to be, in a sense, your mission statement to bless others. And you think, well, if you're sitting here, you think, what, what does it mean to bless others? Well, let me give you a, a little bit of a, an education. It's so you can enhance the life of other people. That you can offer your life to other people. That you put your, your life behind others. God will open the door so we can bless others. That's God. God is into blessing. He's into blessing. He wants to bless you and he wants to bless us. If you look in the, in the, at the very beginning of time, before even humans were created, God wanted to bless. You see that he blessed all the fish in the sea. Even tuna. He blessed all the fish in the sea. Those who don't get that, I hate tuna. Don't know why it was created. Maybe it was all those tuna mornays at church luncheons. Let's just hope there are none there for that smell. But that blessed. We love tuna. One fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. He loves, he blessed fish. The open door of blessing others should be our mission statement. We've got a great mission statement here at Kilsyth. Share Jesus, care for people, encourage Christian growth. As I've thought about that this week, in amongst all of that is, is blessing others, showing God's blessing into people. As, as Kilsyth South Baptist moves forward, I hope that that never goes from this church. In fact, it gets even better. And for some of you, you even just start doing it. You know, as I thought about it this week, what are some of those doors of blessing that I've been able to experience here? And I thought of the Kids Hope, uh, kids hope door of blessing into the lives of young kids at, in uh, primary schools that we do here. A number of you have done that. A number of you are doing that. Of, of showing God's love, blessing young children who, whose situations are, are, are anything but maybe what your children went through. And it's a door that where you bless others. You know, never before has there been so many Christian books out there. Did you know that? 
There are so many out there. They've got really good, cool-looking covers, a lot of them. But there's a lot of them out there. And they'll tell you how to do church. They'll tell you how not to do church. They'll tell you how to relate to older people. They'll tell you how to relate to younger people. They'll tell you how to relate to people who are single. They'll tell you how to relate to people who have children. They'll tell you how not to do church, how you should do church. There's lots of them out there, heaps of them. Yet the longer that I've been in ministry and I've learned from people that some of them who are here today and I pastor a church, I believe the greatest nearly book you can read is Dr. Seuss. Just go. Just go. This is your day. Just go, church. There's great places to go. Steer your feet in directions to bless others. There you go. I might even print that. I might make some money out of it. But seriously, that is it. Start there, church. Love people as Jesus wants us to love. Care as Jesus showed us how to care. Help how Jesus taught us how to help. Bring joy to the brokenhearted as Jesus did. Wherever you are, wherever you go, make that your mission, church. Make that your mission as a Jesus follower, if that's you here today. They are the doors that God wants us to walk through. And you know the book where I learned that? That's the Bible. I'm not canning on other Christian books too much. Maybe that was a bit harsh before and I apologise for that. But, but if, if you want to be a church that impacts, follow that. You don't have to be articulate. You don't have to go to Bible college. You don't have to be over 18 or under 92. You don't have to be a missionary kid or you don't have to go on the mission field to bless others. There are so many of these doors that you can walk through and experience tells me this, that when you begin to do those things, when you love as Jesus loved and as when you cared and that's the blessing you show, my experience has been this, that people will want to ask you about Jesus. They'll want to say, why, why do you do this? What? What does it mean to seek Jesus? One of the great things about this church is people that walk in who have got no relationship with Jesus or they've met people from this church. That's happened. And people have come to know Jesus through that. Here we go, last point. Open doors start where you are. Open doors can start just where you are. You might be thinking, well, if I had a different job, if I was someone else, if I had, was in a different place, let me share with you this story that comes about the open door wherever you are. It's the story of Linda Wilson-Allen. She's a bus driver and the story was in the Chronicle of San Francisco. And it says this, she loves the people on the bus, knows the regulars, learns their names. She'll wait for them if they're late and then make up the time on her route. She will get out of the driver's seat of her bus to help seniors. Her simple gesture of kindness has touched Ivy, a woman in her 80s. Linda Wilson-Allen saw Ivy was struggling with shopping bags and got off the driver's seat to carry those grocery bags onto the bus. Now Ivy will let other buses just pass the bus stop just so she can get on Wilson-Allen's bus. Another woman named Tanya was touched by Wilson Allen's kindness. 
When it was almost Thanksgiving celebration, Wilson Allen saw Tanya was, was a stranger and was lost and she said to her, you're out here all by yourself. You don't know anybody. Come over for Thanksgiving and kick it with me and the kids. Now the two are like sisters. Where Wilson, Allison, Wilson Allen will travel to Atlanta to see Tanya and Tanya will then come back and see her in San Francisco. The writers gave her presents including scarves, rabbit fur, collars to keep her warm in the winter months while she drove the bus. She was and still is the most beloved bus driver in San Francisco. As I thought about that, I thought, she's a bus driver. She puts up with grumpy passengers, drinking on the bus, breakdowns, bad traffic, all sorts of things. So how does she have this attitude? I love how it goes on to say this. Her mood is set at 2.30am. Who was up at 2.30am if you weren't going to the toilet? <laughs> okay, there's one. Okay, I know it's true with you too, Paul. But not many of us. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about this message at 2.30am. I was dreaming that Geelong would beat Melbourne by 10 goals. <laughs> Billy. But in all seriousness, 2.30 she gets up. I love this. This is what she says. There is a lot to talk about with the Lord. And when she reaches the end of her day, of her bus round, she'll always say, that's all. I love you, God. Thank you for this day. She says, my prayer life is my communication with him. He works on my attitude. Those things for him to reflect my life. He could be working on my patience or it could be someone less fortunate than I am to give them some shoes or whatever the case may be. That's where my kindness comes from. She's a bus driver. If Jesus was a bus driver, I sense he would drive a bus just like her. Open doors for the kingdom of God. If you sit here this morning and you're a follower of his, they are right next to you. They are right there. You know, sometimes as a pastor, I do look out on Sunday and I, or during the week and I hear a, an opportunity is shared for someone to get involved. And I know you are so good in that area. And you don't move. You just don't move. And as a pastor... Sometimes that's the most frustrating thing. I've got to say that. When you think these, some of these people are so gifted by God and they're just not moving. There's a door right before them. Well, no one's asked me. Well, hello. I'm giving you permission today, even though it's my last Sunday. If you sense something, just at least go through the door and see where it takes you. Don't wait for someone just to ask you so you feel really important. Walk through that door. Use that incredible gift that you've got in pastoral care, in welcoming, in kids' hope, serving coffee and tea, playing an instrument. Walk through the door. My word, the kingdom of God needs more and more people willing to do that. Anyway, I got that off my chest. So it starts with you. 
Sometimes it doesn't involve going to a new place. Sometimes it does. But it means finding a new and previously unrecognised opportunity. Walk through the door. Sometimes there might be some discontent for you right now. Rather than just moving right out of what you're doing, before you do that, ask yourself, what, what if this is, I'm feeling a sense of discontent or I've got, I'm feeling comfortable? Don't just pull out. Ask yourself, well, what's next for me for the sake of God's kingdom? What's next? People are searching like never before. I truly believe this for the kingdom of God, to just know about it. They're searching in so many ways. They'd be more than willing to hear about the kingdom of God. And they can find it from a bus driver. They can find it from someone who works in IT. They can find it from a teacher. They can find it from a person who's just willing to walk through that door, who's a retiree who plays Bingo, not bingo, Monopoly, Scrabble, whatever it is on Wednesdays that sits right next to you. And you can shake your head with that to be dead set. You can say, oh, it's a little funny. But there's people who are just literally hanging for someone to tell them like never before. All the places you can go doesn't matter where your job is, where you've been, if you're retired or if you're not retired, what your education is. Remember what it said in Revelations, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. And it starts where you are. Not where you should be, but where you are. So walk through it. Take the opportunity. Sonia's and my life is a testimony to that. And we're happy to say that. It's not to brag but we're happy to say that. And many of you can say the same thing. I walked through that door, not knowing what was on the other side. Some of you, it's just a matter of starting with a small door, just that small door. Because sometimes we think, well, what's God's will for my life? Don't get caught up in all of that. Start with the small doors. Show some kindness. Do an act of service. Confront a challenge. It's not saying to everyone here. There's a big door. Through here it says, go to Syria for four years. Well, that might be you. I'm not saying you might get called to Syria. And all the best, Sonia and I will support you. But, but, <laughs> but start small for some of you. Some of you, there's a big door though. You've got to get off the couch, walk through it. Sometimes for some of you, it takes a little longer to get off the couch and I understand that. But there's going to be doors I truly believe that God will open for you right up until your last day on earth. I truly believe that. Don't shrink back. There'll be a cost. There will be prices to pay. You won't know all the details. Abraham, Abraham certainly didn't. Where do you want me to go, God? How am I going to get there? Who will I know? I need a plan. I don't don't know all this stuff. I'm old. I'm getting bold. God God didn't tell him everything, though. Sometimes God can be fuzzy with all the details. But I think that's a good thing. 
all the places you can go, the open doors that God wants you to walk through. Some of you, and I'll finish with this, you're here this morning and you're not even a Christian. You don't believe in Jesus. You actually might not even know too much about him. My only little challenge for you this morning is this. Is at least go through the door to it, just at least explore it. Just explore what it means to follow Jesus. Who was he? What, why did he die on the cross for me? Why do so many people sit in here? Why do they stand up, which is really odd, and they sing out loud? I mean, I'd be thinking that if I didn't normally go to church. Where's it all, where's it all going? What are they doing? I think that's a fair question. But also know this, that this church and this place this morning is filled with people that want to do all those things because they love Jesus. So my encouragement to you, if you're not here today, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, I'd encourage you at least walk through that door. Come back next week for the Easter services and hear more. That'd be a courageous thing to do. Folks, I'm forever grateful that we walk through this door, Kilsai South. We're forever grateful. We love this place. We love you. Love you heaps. You're great people. And you've got Christ at the centre. And I, I, I say at times, don't ever waver from that, but I sense that's not going to happen here. But don't let it waver. Keep being a church that walks through doors. We're about to walk out of that door together and one of us isn't coming back for a little while until I get invited for an anniversary or something like that. You're going to get open doors put before you for the next person. I'm happy to say this. Somewhere along the line, just go through it. Don't, don't try and tick absolutely every box because I'll tell you why. If you ticked every box with my interviews, I would not have been the pastor. I can't believe that answer that I gave for what my... Fa I must have cheated. I really think that is just incredible wisdom. Gee. Yes, we need to be wise. We do need to be wise. But don't sit around waiting to tick every box. I have no doubt God's going to do such great things through this church and it's been my privilege to be a part of that journey and we are just one part of that journey. I'm sure Graham would say the same thing and John would say the same thing as well. We are just one part of this, this great church. So thanks for allowing me to be the pastor of this church and keep walking through the doors as an individual but as a church because God is putting them before you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to gather together and worship you. But even more, I just want to say thank you that you've chosen us humans to be about your business here on earth. My prayer is that through us, your kingdom will come here on earth. But for that to happen, we actually really need to be about going through those doors that you put before us. So I pray for anyone here this morning that 
as they've listened, they've thought, yes, there is a door that God's put before me. A very small door, but I need to walk through that door. Maybe it's showing kindness. May well, may well be a door to walk through that's going to require risk and you've never been a risk taker before. Maybe it's a ministry here, whatever it might be. I pray, God, that this church would be filled with more people that would walk through so your kingdom will, will go from here in, in, in greater ways than ever before. And finally, I pray for those people that are here today who are yet to put their faith or commit in any way to you. I pray that they would have the courage to at least be willing to walk through that door to explore what it means to know Jesus as a friend and as a saviour. For I pray this in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Joseph.